Hey, 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 closet busters and bold move makers. It is time once again for Life Uncloset. So I want you to gather around because it is time once again to kick down those closet doors of your life. We're here to escape our BS, explore our fears, and elevate our self-expression. I'm your host, Rick Clemens. I'm the bold move expert and that coming out guy who's going to take you to the party, the pulpit, the wake, and back to the party of living your life uncloset. So come on along with me and grab hold of yourself and get ready to step out, step up, and step into facing your fears, making your bold moves, and living life without apologies. Now let's get to the show. So there's this interesting thing that we as humans do, especially us LGBTQ humans, but if you're not LGBTQ, please don't run away right now. There's something special here, but there's this thing we do that we believe we're not good enough and we can't be this or we can't do these interesting things that we do and then suddenly here we are we grow up we get a job we go do all these amazing wonderful things and we actually believe that we can't do stuff well that's what we're talking about today on life uncloseted is the stories that we tell ourselves that actually continue to put us in the closets of our life regardless of what those closets look like from gaining weight to not having enough money to getting the job that we really want to not getting the job that we really want to believing that we shouldn't be doing the thing that we're doing, but yet we won't do anything to do it because the story says you're not good enough. And to help me along with this conversation is someone I have just gotten to know. We've actually been trying to do this for a couple of months now, but um, it's really cool to have Leah Niederthal here. And she has a really cool brand called Smart Gets Paid, which we're going to talk about that for sure. But I also want you to just think about as we're talking and sharing about these stories and whether it's about getting paid or finding that job or finding that relationship, it's all about the little stories that keep us in the closet. So Leah, welcome. I'm so glad we're here finally. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Of course. Of course. And I just, so before we came on to record this, Leah and I were chatting and I'm going to tell you, she's pretty normal. She's she just had a normal life. Okay, she's a lesbian, but she has a normal life. She, you know, did kind of everything. She doesn't have any tragedy per se. Well, we have one tragedy that she did let me in on that, her and I both have had. But it's interesting when you lead like these normal lives, and then there's a story that you started telling yourself about who you were. And I think that's a really good jumping in place because, hey, you went to private school, all this sort of stuff, and like life is good. But then suddenly there was a story you were telling yourself, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm a sales coach for people who identify as women who run consulting and coaching businesses, and I teach them how to get clients, right? Yeah. And I've been doing this in this format for you know five, six years, and when I first started my business, I you know you sort of binge watch or binge learn about all these other people and their all these other entrepreneurs out there and uh, one theme that i kept seeing was everybody had this like great overcoming adversity story right you know they had a hundred thousand dollars of debt and they were sleeping on a mattress and now they're a millionaire or they grew up in poverty and uh and had this traumatic childhood and and now here they are well and i was looking at that being like well shoot like i'm i had such a normal upbringing you know, uh, my parents are lovely. I, we have a very, you know, strong like nuclear family. I never wanted for anything and never had that much, you know, trauma or adversity. And the story that I started telling myself was that I hadn't faced enough adversity to be successful on my own. 
Like I was, I had grown up in too much comfort. And that's a story I told myself for, you know, quite a long time. It's so interesting because you can have the greatest life in the world. And then suddenly it's like, Oh, I've had it too easy. And it's like, then you hear these speakers. Okay. So, you know, a lot of my listeners know I, I, I do professional speaking and I coach speakers and I've literally had speakers come on and go, well, I want to speak on this, but it's not like I've lost a leg or I didn't lose a child or, you know, I, I didn't lose all my money and then rise back out of the Phoenix, so to speak. I'm like, okay, that doesn't mean you can't do this. But some of them really get hung up on this. Like, I haven't had tragedy. I'm like, well, hallelujah for you, bitch. I know. <laughs> you know, right? it's kind of like, but well, but you know, we love we being like the you know, especially in the US, like the media loves uh, overcoming challenges story, mm -hmm. right? And there aren't a ton of stories out there about like people just living perfectly normal lives, doing right. perfectly normal things and succeeding at them. And so, especially when you start to run your own business, there's a lot of that. So um, I remember reading uh, the about section of a woman who I uh, also runs her own business and I've since become you know, friendly with. And she talked about, she had had an aneurysm and I think this was like the fourth or fifth, you know, overcoming adversity origin story I'd read that day. And I was like, right. you've got to be kidding. Everybody has something. I don't have anything. Well, fast forward about a year, a year and a half later, at the age of 36, I had a stroke, mm. which is like, nobody has an, a stroke at 36, right? Um, and I'm fine. I over, you know, I recovered all of that. To totally fine, normal. Um, and I think, and I mentioned to you, like, I don't, I don't want to say I manifested the stroke. I don't think I'm that powerful, right. but I did get hung up on this story. I had been telling myself that I needed something else to justify my existence as an entrepreneur. Yep. And I mean, hell, I got it. Mm -hmm. It's it's so interesting. Like I used to think, okay, well, I can tell my coming out story because I came out late in life and all this sort of stuff. And then at some point, okay, this is really sad to say. And I, I think I've said this before on the podcast. I finally reached the point where I'm like, if I have to tell my freaking coming out story one more time, I'm just going to vomit all over the stage because it's like, it didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't feeling like, I can't say it wasn't feeling genuine, but it was just feeling like, okay, I've done this. I've done this. I've done this. Right. And so then I'm like, okay, well, I want to start doing something different. You know, I want, I want to start doing something different. And I come from the technology arena and I come from hospitality and lo and behold, a buddy of mine still in that world, he asked me to come speak at an event. I'm like, Oh, okay. And he goes, I want something really like, you know, different. I'm like, well, I'm going to speak to a whole bunch of chief technology officers. That's really different for me. Cause that's not what I've been speaking about. I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> like, are you sure you want me to come speak? But on the other side, I'm going, oh, no, maybe this is what I, hey, maybe I am going to break into corporate speaking this way. Da, da, da. But then I kept going back and forth. On one hand, it was like, I don't think you should do this. On the other hand, I'm like, well, I guess this is, hey, the universe is talking to me, right? Worst speaking thing I ever did because it was so not me. I knew the industry. I came from the industry. But I was trying to fit something into that industry with a group of people that just wasn't a match, you know? And that was my moment where I'm like, okay, quit forcing this speaking thing in the wrong direction. Go find somewhere else that like, hey, you can do this. And then I had to have that moment. 
wasn't a stroke, although we've talked about that, that we both have had strokes. But um, in a way, it was a stroke. It was a stroke where I'm like, okay, this is not where I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to be going somewhere else. But as you coach these people, isn't this pretty common that a lot of people like they create these stories of I can't do this as an entrepreneur. I can't be this there. And, and before you know it, they're just stuck in this loop to loop that they can't get out of. Absolutely. I mean, like I said, I work with uh, people who identify as women. They've come out of corporate. They start their own consulting businesses with their own expertise that they've been working in and honing for years. Uh, a lot of them have left really senior roles and they get into their businesses and they doing the work of their, you know, what of their expertise is not a problem, but they discover pretty quickly that getting clients is the hardest part and nothing has prepared them for that, you know, unless they've come from sales, in which right. case, they, you know, they're fine, but most women haven't. Right. And so the story I hear the most from those women is I'm just not a salesperson, mm -hmm. um, which is technically true in that they've never been a commissioned salesperson. But right. what's more important is how that story affects and shapes their experience of trying to get new clients because everything feels salesy to them. Yep. Everything feels like they need to act a certain way or, you know, fit into a certain box that they, that doesn't feel authentic. Uh, it really holds them back from taking up space, like even following up with somebody because they feel, they feel like they might be bothering them. Right. And it's, you know, it just permeates, almost every part of their business such that they can't even do the work that they wanted to do and the reason why they started their business because they have no one to do it for. And that's actually the moment that they come to me right. because I've, I've told myself that story too. I told myself that story for years. You know, my background is in marketing. I came from big ad agencies. I worked in technology. I uh, quit my job in 2010 to travel the world with my then partner. Mm -hmm. uh, we started a business. It was marketing and, you know, for, for nonprofits and social enterprises. And when it came time to actually get the clients, I froze up. Even mm -hmm. though I come from marketing, I, I knew I learned pretty quickly that marketing is not selling. And this story of I'm just not a salesperson is one that I lived for quite a long time until I decided I was sick of it. Yep. And I taught myself how to sell and I taught myself how to get clients. And that's what I teach women had to do now. So I know how strong that story is, but I also know it's possible to stop telling yourself that story. Well, the thing is, and I, I know there's going to be a bunch of people listening that are going to want to reach through the airwaves here and slap me, but it's a story. It's that simple people. It's a story. And I know I've been down that path. In fact, as a coach, I had a story. I had a story that you know, here I am, Rick, coming out, coach, 2009. Okay, I know exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to coach guys in midlife, out of the closet. Da, da, da. I'm so excited about it. And then, which is kind of weird, you know, I was a high-flying exec for a while there that I was vice president of marketing for a company, all this sort of stuff. And suddenly, it's like I lost my head. I did. I'm like, oh, my God, I've got to sell these guys. I've got to sell. And there was an interesting piece to this, like, hey, when I came out, I was making good money, but then you have two houses and a divorce and alimony, child support. So I get it. I get where a lot of these people are headed, right? There's no doubt. So of course, then I, you know, put my little, like, I love everybody. I want to take care of everybody hat on. And then suddenly I'm like, nobody can pay me. <laughs> nobody can pay me. I'm like, oh, okay. And then I'm like, wait, I'm going to have to like find some people who can. 
Well, then suddenly my imposter sells and you say something like the shy selling person or the shyness selling thing in selling that shine that selling shyness. Yeah. That we all have. And suddenly it like, I'm like, Ooh, this feels kind of yucky until I'm like, okay, Rick, well, you're not putting food on the table and you're not keeping a roof over your head doing it this way until I had to come around the corner and realize it's really not selling. It's like sharing the value you bring to help somebody get where they're trying to go, whether that's selling them widgets or selling them a direction on how to build a business. And suddenly when I started going, okay, re-engineer, which took a couple of years, like re-engineer all these thoughts. And I, I did start getting some coaching clients, but they weren't the guys that were coming out of the closet. They were just gay men in midlife doing this. But I'm like, but I really want to work with the guys who are coming out of the closet. And so what I realized I had to start doing is I had to start talking a language to them that really fit. And it had to fit a certain profile of guy, but it also had to fit a profile of guy that had ways to pay me. That was the bigger thing. And as soon as I figured that out, I wasn't selling. I was just having conversations about, hey, I get it. You're sitting in that corner office. You got a lot you could lose here. And you're like, I don't know what I want to do, but I need some help and some guidance. And yes, I I can do this. I can pay you. And so I'm like, I should just have a banner that says, yeah, if you make this much money, <laughs> you know, but I realized it wasn't about that. It was about having the real conversations, like talking to people and understanding them. And that's it. Yeah, it is. It's one of the things I tell all of my clients is uh, it's kind of a two-part thing. The first is you offer tremendous value. Your work brings tremendous value to your clients. Yep. Um, and part of it, even that is a little bit of a hurdle because people don't, they're not used to thinking that way, especially women who have been taught for years not to toot their own horn or promote right. themselves or what have you. So that first piece is super important. You bring tremendous value. And the second part is you are offering that value, not asking to be hired. Mm -hmm. And when you can flip it around like that, then you don't feel like you're begging you don't feel right. like you're pushing. You don't feel like you're being annoying or salesy. You, you know, you, you come in with just trying to solve the most important problems. Some people are going to be great clients mm -hmm. for you. Some people are the right clients, like you were talking about. Some people are not the right clients. Right. And I think, you know, speaking the language that your clients speak is so important. I talk, I call that client signaling. Yep. It's like, you know, if I want to, if I want to attract clients or, you know, work with clients who are maybe a little, I don't know, who knows, like I all speak in a certain way. Maybe you speak, use different words. If you want to attract mm -hmm. an executive audience versus like a down home family audience, right? Yep. Obviously you yep. speak differently, but you first have to understand that you, what you do provides tremendous value. And mm -hmm. that is the first big hurdle because you, you have to realize that you're enough. You do. And so this is where you and I have some intersections big time, because one of the things I realized, and it took me a few years in my coaching practice to really get it. And a friend of mine had to kick me in the booty a few times. Like, you're just not owning your value. You're just simply not owning your value. But when I started owning my value, everything changed. And it wasn't because here's what I can do for you. It was more, here's where I see your pain. And we do this in my speaking stuff that I do, because the very first thing we do out the gate with speakers is like, tell me the problem you solve. What do you mean? <laughs> I'm like, you got to have a problem you're helping somebody solve because that's what's going to open the door. 
well, but I hear all these motivational speakers talking. They're not solving a problem. I'm like, really? Then you need to go listen again. Go listen to Simon Sinek. He's solving a problem. He's telling you the reason you can't figure out where to go next is you didn't start with why. There's the problem. And it's such an interesting thing when you start to really embrace this stuff. And now I'm going to go right into our own community. I have said more times than I can probably count, especially to people who come into the speaking stuff that I do, who happen to be in the LGBTQ space. And they're like, I just don't know how I'm going to sell myself. Of course, that's when Rick gets on his diva hills and like, okay, girl, here we go. <laughs> how many people did you have to sell yourself to about being gay or lesbian or trans? Because that was a sales job. That was a job of saying, this is who I am, and this is the value I bring to the world. And it's so interesting, Leah, to see that light bulb kind of go off. They're like, ooh, he just shamed me. I'm like, mm -hmm, but I did it out of love <laughs> because it's the same thing. And we tend to compartmentalize all these things that we do. And I'm not surprised that especially, you know, women, I'm going to go there because I know I have two daughters in my life. Even though we've raised them really, really strong, I see it happen all the time. Oh, well, I, this is not what I'm supposed to do as a woman. Really? Let's have another conversation, you know? Yeah. And they and pick it up along the way. Absolutely. Of course they do. Of course they do. And, and, and we're not in a place in society yet where it's not going to get picked up along the way. Because if you do this, then you're, you know, oh, you're a hardcore, you know, be in the office, you know? And it's like, no, I'm just a strong woman with a perspective and, you know, here's where we are. So as you work with your clients, it, it's got to be interesting to watch them show up with that kind of exterior, like, I can't do this. And then suddenly see the breakthrough happen. It's got to be amazing. Yeah. And there are small B breakthroughs and big B breakthroughs. You know, mm -hmm. I think it's, it's so rewarding when I see women who have previously said, well, there's no way I can charge that much, or there's no way my clients can pay that much. Send out a proposal and get it back where they're signing their biggest deals ever. They never right. could have imagined that. But it's also, you know, little bees like pushing through some resistance. Mm -hmm. following up with somebody where it just felt so uncomfortable and I didn't want to send this email and I'm sure mm -hmm. this is going to bug them. And they did it anyway. And they got a response. Right. So yep. that it's, it's so incredibly rewarding. And I love what you were saying about the idea of selling yourself in your own coming out. I think it's really powerful. And, uh, you know, because first of all, it means that you have more sales experience than you think. But I think, you know, another thing about it is something that I teach in my to, to my students, which is that we're always teaching people how to think about us. So if you approach a sales conversation, for example, very sheepishly, and you know, well, whatever you want to do next, and you just let me know, and you sort of cede all the responsibility or, or um, the power to your client, then they're going to see you in that way, yep. right? Same thing with coming out. I mean, we all come out to different people and those people have a certain reaction, right? That's mm -hmm. oftentimes uh, not totally based on how we teach them to think about us. But if you approach this, the coming out conversation as in, this is it, right? Like this is me, full stop, period. You know, I, I'm, I am sharing this with you and thank you for being in my life versus, um, you know, a way where you're kind of apologetic about it you are sheepish about it, you 
uh, hedge about it, then you're teaching the people in your life how to think about you. About you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah. And, and so in that respect, we actually have more power than we think. But we don't see it. That's the interesting thing. You know, I use the coming out metaphor a lot with people who are like, really like they have no confidence. I'm like, really? I, I know your backstory a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Some people didn't accept you, but other people did. So you told a whole lot of people, Hey, guess what? This is who I am. That took a lot of confidence. I'm telling you. And suddenly they're like, Oh, Oh yeah, I guess so. And I really, you know, especially if a client says, Oh, but that's a, it's a really, it's a difficult conversation. I don't know how to have that conversation. Of course, again, I become kind of like this little bitch. I'm like, so, Hmm especially if they're married, you know, heterosexual marriage. I'm like, so when did you have a difficult conversation about buying a house and buying a car or making a career move? You ever had those? Yeah. Okay. So you've had some difficult conversations. Yes. I realized coming out and being gay or lesbian, it's a, it's a biggie, but you've had some experience having difficult conversations. And it's always interesting, especially, you know, when I get the, client who's like, well, I don't know, this is a lot of money. I'm like, okay. I don't very often get anybody saying, oh, I need to go talk to my spouse. Cause I'm like, well, <laughs> they're not gonna go talk to their spouse about coming out of the closet and having a coming out coach. Right. But when I have the ones that are like speaking clients, you know, they're like, yeah, you know, I really, you know, this was a big decision. And I really had, I had to have a really difficult conversation with my spouse about investing this kind of money for this program and everything. And then we get to that point where we've helped them figure out the problem they solve and what the talks are going to be and the websites getting put together and the demo videos being put together. And suddenly it's time to like do the sales job. Right. I don't know if I can do this. I'm like, Oh, would you like to go have that conversation with your spouse? You just landed all this money into this program. And now you don't think you can do this. It wakes them right up because it becomes part of like, you're just giving people what they need. You're just showing people how you can help them. And the moment you can start to see that, which I think this happens in all of us as entrepreneurs, but the moment you can see you're offering value, you're offering a service, you're filling a void for the people you're most meant to serve. I'm not going to say it becomes a piece of cake. There's still work, but it becomes a whole heck of a lot easier. And I think this is the piece that most people miss. It is. And a lot of, you know, it's, it's a piece that they don't tell you at the beginning when you start your own business. Mm -hmm. You're like, all right, go get QuickBooks or whatever, start a blog, have a website, do an LLC. Right. Uh, and, and that's it. Right. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a piece. I wish that I wish that it was part of the conversation more mm -hmm. because I think mm -hmm. you wouldn't have people who get to the end of the journey where they get all the pieces in place. Right. And then they say, oh, shit, now I have to do this and I'm afraid of it. Right. And what happens a lot, I don't know if your clients do this as well, but um, they, they keep tweaking the stuff that's invisible because that's very yep. comfortable, right? Yep. So it's if you have if you hate to sell or if you feel super uncomfortable selling and the options are go, you know, follow up with somebody who you had a conversation with who hasn't gotten back to you in a couple of weeks or make a change to your website, I'll tell you what they're going to want to do. Mm -hmm. Right. But we have to shine a light on where am I hiding from this? Mm -hmm. 
And because, you know, a lot of us, especially in this, our community, we spend a lot of time hiding. Of course we do. And I don't want to, I don't want to hide anymore. Mm -hmm. And so I certainly, you know, I've tried to make it a practice and I help my clients make a practice of really observing, not judging, just observing where am I hiding right now? Mm -hmm. And uh, I I once read this, uh, this, uh, another coach today that I, who's in my little network who posted one time that she said, what you think is in the way is actually the way. Mm-hmm. And so what you think is in the way, you know, sell, you know, following up or showing up or what have you, that is the way. And that so way. after you observe, the next step is to decide what are you going to do about it? Mm-hmm. Are you going to take action? Uh, and obviously action is always, always the better way. Right. But again, it's paralleling the whole coming out thing too. It's like what we think is in the way about coming out really isn't what's in the way. It's, it's our own, it's just our own holdback. Actually saying the words, I'm gay or lesbian, it's pretty easy. It's easy. I'm gay. Okay, you said it. Now, yes, who you say it to, that's, you know, there's a whole lot that goes there. But we start to create the story again. And suddenly the story, like, keeps us just there, you know, and we're not going to move. And, and I'm not just, you know, I'm not discounting we all do this our own way. But too often that story holds us back and then oh wow down the road you're like oh well this is holding me back now and it has nothing to do with our sexuality but because we do hide so much as lgbtq community uh, you and i talked about this a little bit before we came on to record this like this is what carries forward and it'll show up in the weirdest places in your business <laughs> it will be so shocking when you're like "Ooh, i didn't see that one coming but yet it's not that surprising because it's part of what has been hidden because we got so used to hiding. You know, yeah. I have clients all the time who are, uh, who do what you just described. Like, I mean, and, and I love, I love what I get to do. I love it. Whether it's my private clients or, you know, the speaking clients, <clears throat> but it's so easy. So funny to see people like, okay, well, yeah, I've got my speech together and all this. Oh, um, I think I need to start blogging. Okay. Oh, I need a podcast. Okay. But did you do any outreach to get a speaking gig? Well, no, I kind of think I need this. No, I need a book. Okay. Well, do you know how long it takes to write a book? Yeah. You could write one over a weekend. If you want to go do one of those by, you know, write a book in a weekend sort of thing. Cool. But then Monday morning, the book's going to be written. Are you going to go get some gigs then? It's these things that we find comfort in that hold us in that interesting closet of not moving forward in our business until we finally realize the pain to stay in that closet is too great. It's greater than moving forward. Absolutely. Well, and so, and I came out when I was 24 and I was, uh, you know, which I think is kind of starting to be at the time was like starting to be late for my, for people my age. And, um, and I was already working in corporate and all of that. And so I, I came out and I was so lucky that I had a wonderful family acceptance. You know, I, I, my, my colleagues and my friends, all of that was amazing. I, I was living in Chicago, which has like a great, you yeah, know, gay scene, great, great yep. gay community. I fell in with a group of amazing women who were like my first gay friends. I mean, this, it was like awesome. I lived on the street where the pride parade happened. Mm. So like I was pretty set up. Right. right. And, and so for that, I, I'm really grateful and and the coming out piece was um was was fine 
later on down the road, this is when my partner and I, uh, at the time, we started an organization called Lesbians Who Tech. And all of a sudden, I became like a professional gay. Mm. And it was really interesting to observe in myself. It was one thing to be like just an average gay person right. on the street doing her life, right? But then when you become like a professional gay and that becomes like your world, right? it's really weird. Like I wasn't ready to come out of that closet into that right. world, you know? It's so the layers of closets that we as gay people you know, live in and come out of throughout our lives is just unbelievable. And so having been, having already come out and being afraid to come out Again. You know, onto yeah. a stage w yeah. of that magnitude, um, I don't know, it's it's still something I sort of marvel that I was able to do it. I get that. And then, you know, to the point of the stage, I mean, I remember, you know, I remember the first time I really spoke on a stage about a lot of this piece of my world it was easy when I was just doing P flag speaking gigs, you know, with, you know, going out, giving back to the community. And then suddenly one of the universities said, we'd like to hire you to speak. I'm like, okay, cool. And then I'm like, Oh, wait, <laughs> this is a little bit different thing. Like, like there's an exchange of money happening here. And I had to like, it, it was almost like going back through becoming a coach again, like, wait, okay. I know I'm getting paid now to help people in this coaching piece of this, but now this is going different. And what if suddenly I start getting asked to be on bigger and bigger stages? And then that means more and more people know me, which was such a story because I'm like, I'm doing this podcast. And at the time there wasn't a lot, you know, we weren't getting a huge amount of downloads. Now we get, you know, anywhere between 15 to 20 some odd thousand downloads a month. I'm like, well, it's not like you're hiding anymore, buddy. I mean, I'm not like worldwide known, but there, it's so interesting to see when you, like you said, when you become this professional gay, there's a whole another story that you tell and then of course then you're around other professional gays and you start judging yourself against them it's like oh am i in it and then so interesting to watch this whole thing unravel so when you yeah. work with your clients i'm just curious like there's got to be i mean i know they all come with their own baggage and stories and everything but i i know i've discovered with like whether it's the guys that are coming out of the closet or men in midlife or my speakers there's like a common one, one common thread that always seems to be everybody has this one thing. It's not the thing that's, but there's a, there's one thing that floats through for all of them. I know for my people who are speakers, the common thread is I just want to have huge impact, but I don't have any confidence. It's so interesting to see it. And I'm wondering if there's anything similar to that in like, you know, working with all these, you know, women who identify as women is there a commonality that you find or several things that are similar yeah it's there are a lot i'm trying to think of like one that is the most prominent i, I mean, mean i know I, i've what, worked with some women that so it was interesting there was a <laughs> there was an interesting phase in my coaching that suddenly i had like all these straight women like i'm talking a lot like well, you I know think straight women they, they love the gays yeah they love the gays so they're like and and they actually said the reason i'm coaching with you is a you're a gay man i feel really comfortable with you b if i was coaching with a heterosexual woman i'd feel like i'm competing with them i'm like okay i kind of get that and if i'm coaching with a straight guy i'm afraid that you know he's going to try to pick up on me i'm like okay well any coach who does that they should be you know like have their coaching credential like taken away if they had one but what was common 
with all of those heterosexual women was they had this perception they had it going on, but they were afraid to live in their truth of having it going on. So it was a confidence thing. It was a huge confidence thing. They could present really well, really, really well. But suddenly when it came to like really showing up, oh, it was like, oh no, if I put myself out there, which comes down to vulnerability is really what it comes down to, you know? So um, that spark anything in your group? Yeah, I, you know, I see that a lot. The confidence piece is really fascinating and, mm-hmm. and a real, very, you know, common thread because, you know, when the women I work with, they work for somebody else and right. they have maybe a name behind them and they're, everybody sells to some degree, whether you're selling an idea internally or you're working with clients in this big company or what have you. Um, and they feel super comfortable doing that. But right. as soon as they come out on their own, it's like all this experience just vanishes and mm-hmm. their confidence vanishes. Yep. And they spend, basically they spend the rest of the time trying to get it back. Yep. And so, you know, part of my work is to help them. I was going to say remind them, but it's not really reminding them. It's helping them remind themselves mm-hmm. how amazing they are and that they can uh, take up space. They can yep. charge what they see other people charging. They don't know how, how that guy ever got paid that much, but they can charge that much and more mm-hmm. uh, and they can do it. And so that's, that's the real work, right? Mm-hmm. I have templates for proposals. I have a whole strategy on getting paid more. I have all of, you know, like templates for everything and strategies and, and approaches and frameworks and whatever. But, but to really make any of that work is mm-hmm. to, you have to get in t- back in touch with, I can do this. Right. And you gotta, you gotta, you really have to be dialed in to why you're doing it. You know, it's, it's such a beautiful idea when we first start, you know, and then if you lose sight of why you went into this, and I, I, I do this with almost every speaker, you know, client that I have, I'm like, tell me why you're here. Tell me why you are here. And they'll, they'll say something I'm like, and when you talk about that, what do you feel? Because what I'm trying to do is like, I want to, I want to get it in their bones. I want to make sure it's in their bones. Not like, oh, I just feel like this would be great. <laughs> so there's a lot of those, but I want to know it's in their bones. And, and they're like, why are you asking the, all these kind of questions? I said, trust me in about six weeks, you'll understand why I'm asking all these questions because you'll, you know, well, six weeks, maybe more close to, yeah, 12 weeks they'll hit the wall. We're like, okay, we're starting to like, now you're going to start marketing yourself. You're going to start going through these databases and looking for gigs and all this. And, and suddenly you're going to freak out, but you won't freak out as much if you're like dialed into this is in my bones. I'm doing this because I want to help somebody else do what I did. And I want them to feel comfortable being who they are, or I want to help an entrepreneur who is so alive with their business but they're freaking out because they're looking at their bank account and going, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And I want to help them get through the, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And know that it's just a story, you know? And when I can get them dialed back into that, it changes everything. They still have their little freak out moments. We all do, but it's about getting deep into it and knowing, and it's really, again, coming back to the coming out thing. It's interesting to see, somebody when I finally say, okay, but then why are you coming out? 
well, it's because it's who I am. I'm like, okay, stay right there. Stay right there. Because that's why you're doing this. It's because it's who you are. You can't get away from it. And it's very similar in business, I think. So, um, so yeah, before we kind of wrap up, I want to talk about a couple of things because you've got, you've got an academy, you've got a podcast, all this sort of stuff. So what is it you personally enjoy doing the most? I mean, you got a great business going on, but what is it that really lights you up? Ooh, I love that question. Talking with my clients, mm. you know, over the past, uh, say th four months, I have totally transformed my business. I had been running several different courses. I had uh, been sort of had this hugely complex business, but but the way that I worked with women in that in that uh, environment was very a lot of boundaries, you know, because there's this like online entrepreneur playbook that says you right. have to have multiple courses of different price points and different access and all that stuff. And I found that it was so unsatisfying to me because I want to get in dirty and get my hands dirty with my clients. And so I, I retired everything I'd worked on, everything I had built for the past five years. And I created this uh, intensive program called the Academy where uh, women are learning a system to land higher paying clients, like a repeatable system. So they know exactly what to do to land higher paying clients, which is of course satisfying, but it's also personally satisfying to me because I can give it my all, right? I can like, I'm not holding back anymore. And uh, that feels, that feels amazing. Mm -hmm. And so when I can do that, and then we take those, uh, these conversations with clients and that becomes the podcast. So then I can share that with everybody else. So that's, that's awesome. the way, that's what really, really lights me up because you were asking like, what's, you know, you ask your, your clients, what's your why, right? Like, why are you doing this? And, and, you know, I would say my why is I don't want anyone, any woman to have to suffer the way I did. You know, I struggled mm -hmm. with this so much. It was so paralyzing and, um, and I overcame it. I know how to do it. I can do it well. I proved to myself that I can do it. And, when I think back to myself at that time, how how sh how small I felt, I don't want anyone else to have to feel that way. So, if I could help one woman, I mean, I hope I hope to I'm helping right. many more than that, right? But if if I could help one woman um, not feel that way anymore, right. then I've done what I'm here to do. That's a beautiful that's a beautiful mission. And as you were saying it, I'm like, she helps women not feel small about who they are in the world and to be highly successful. That's a great mission and we all feel small but i think it's interesting because again back to my speakers it's like i want i want to help speakers feel as confident about their speaking business as they feel about what they want to speak about because that's what it's i mean you got to have the two married otherwise it doesn't work and they tend to go into the closet <laughs> I, i've even said that to them i'm like you're going into the closet right now about being in business they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, you're afraid to be in business. No, I'm not. I want to speak on stage. I'm like, I don't give a crap about that. That's easy. That's not easy, but it is. But running a business is a whole different ballgame. You know, and I'm like, I want you to love what you do and be so committed to where you are and what you're trying to do that when you wake up on Monday morning and you have to dial for dollars, you have to have a sales conversation, you have to be, you know, booking trips, you have to be rehearsing a talk, you have to be getting a no, we're not interested. 
you have to suddenly realize, oh, I didn't get that deposit on this gig. Oh, I get to go stand on a stage that all of that excites the hell out of you. And you're just willing to keep going. That's what I want to help you do. But you got to be again, it's got to be so in your bones that you don't back down. And a lot of times I'll use the metaphor of it's kind of like someone coming out of the closet. They know so much who they are and that this is truly who they are to their bones that, yeah, no matter how much pushback they get, they're going to show up in the world just as they are. And I want you as a speaker to show up the same way. Yeah. I remember when I came out, my mom, my parents were like, we don't want you to be unhappy, right? We don't want you to have this unhappy life. And, um, and I said to them, sure. If I, uh, if I live my life, you know, I, I marry a woman, we have a family, all this stuff, like this becomes my, this is my life, right? Sure. There's a chance I'll be unhappy. Like there's a chance that anybody is unhappy. Right. right. But if I don't do this, then there's a 100% chance I'll be unhappy. Yep. Right. And I think it's, I think the same way about my business, yep. you know, um, running a business is hard. It, running my business has been hard. It's yep. gone through some tremendous changes over the past year. And I, uh, and I talk about that with my clients and I'm really open about that. Um, and, and it's been a journey. I'll say that. Um, but this is what I'm here to do. Right. right. And so, and there's no way I'm not doing that because if I did something else, there's a 100% chance that I would be unhappy. I love that <clears throat> because it is, if we're not happy, what's the point, you know? And I, I made some big decisions over, well, kind of over the last year in the same way, because I got offered to be like the lead coach for this other company. I'm like, okay, well, I don't know. I said, I was never going to work for anybody else ever again. I'm like, you know what, this kind of fits right now. It, I get to do what I love doing, coaching. I get to do my stuff on the side and nothing's really been impacted, but is it going to make you happy, Rick? And I even remember my husband saying that, okay, but is it going to make you happy? Because he's like, because I, I don't want to live with you if you're not happy. But And it was a really big thing, even though I was asking the question in my own head too. And I'm like, yeah, it is. And now, you know, here we are and I'm doing so much cool stuff with this company, but I still am doing my stuff. And every time it's like, I'm growing, I'm getting to do things I love doing and having fun doing it. And that's what I believe coming out of closets is all about. If you come out of a closet, it better make you freaking happy. Otherwise you're just stepping into another closet that what's the point. So, so before we wrap up here, I have one last question. If, if somebody was like, I am just like, so struggling, I know, I know I can do this, but I'm, I'm just really, really struggling to like step up to my own power. What's one of the things you'd work with them on? The first thing is their, their value, really putting it on paper. And, you know, we go through this whole exercise to pull out the pieces that aren't that are part of the existing story right and really focus on the the real the real way that they change their clients worlds and i work with a lot of women who uh work with companies right they do b2b but still every client goes through a transformation and once you can see that in plain you know in black and white um it really starts a like a domino effect of feeling like I can do this. There's a place for me. My clients, uh, I have something to offer. 
and and I should get paid handsomely for it. Mm -hmm. So that's really the first step. And even back to our own community, I feel like the moment that you can own your value and your sexuality, that's when everything changes. You just own this. Is my, I'm valuable as a gay man, as a lesbian woman, as a transgender individual. My, my value is it's harnessed in there as much as my value as being a great coach or being a vice president, whatever. It's all about owning your value and who you are. And that's what begins to make, you know, the big changes happen. But until you yes. own that, it doesn't happen. And I will say that, you know, I think especially in our community, there is, I don't know, maybe people who are younger than me don't feel this way. But like, to me, it always feels like there's a little bit of a risk in being an out gay person yep. on a stage in yep. front of a lot of people in politics or in, you know, any sort of um, thing where you're, where, where you're highly visible, you know, and even at the beginning of my business, I was, certainly wasn't highly visible at that time, but like, right. I still was a little worried and I had to really think about, am I going mm -hmm. to really come out again, yet again, to this audience, my, right. the business audience, right? And, um, and I did. And what I found was that it really, it really brings people who, who value that and who care for that. I, I have the best clients. Like I, my clients are so on the same page as me. I do not get a lot of like ultra conservative alt-right people coming to a Jewish lesbian to learn how to sell. And like, that's totally fine with me. And of course, you know, I want to work with people who, who, are on board. And so I, you know, another thing I would say to anybody, especially in our community, who is war thinking about like, maybe I, I'll, I'll sort of go, be on stage, be in business, right. but still hold back this one part of themselves. Um, I think it can really, it can really be an asset. And I've seen it with my own eyes. And I can also say that I've seen it on both, both directions, but I've also seen people who when they do hold back, it's, it's a little bit prevalent in everything they do. They're still successful. I'm not saying they're not successful. And nor am I saying everybody has to like, oh, you have to be out at work. You know, you got to go do what really works for you. But I've seen the peace and tranquility that comes over so many people when they're like, yeah, this is just who I am. And the interesting piece of that, at least what I've experienced and watched some other people experience is you don't have to say, uh, yes, I'm a Jewish lesbian. <laughs> And this is who I am. If you want to work with me, it doesn't have to be that. It just, yeah, oh yeah, I have a partner or I have a wife or you know, yeah, I have a wife, I have a kid. That doesn't fit. It doesn't fit, and I'm okay with that. I'm totally. I mean, I've I've had plenty of speaking gigs that I didn't get because as soon as I said, oh yeah, my husband might come with me on this trip. Silence. I'm like, okay, well, if that's the way it is, they weren't my client. That wasn't the gig I'm supposed to be doing. So. Again, the message, overall message here is be you, be who you are, but also realize so much of what you're going to get in the way with is the story you're telling yourself. So, all right. So I think we solved the money selling problems, all that stuff this, in this podcast. So I think we can both go, <laughs> but uh, it's been really good having this conversation. I love it when we take these things a little bit different direction and talk about business and entrepreneurship and like, guess what? Y'all are in the closet about this stuff too. <laughs> so, 
But um, thank you so much. Is there anything coming up that you want to like talk about? Like, is there a, a lot, is the Academy kind of an ongoing thing or are there certain times of year you launch it or how does that work? Yeah. So it's ongoing. Okay. Um, you can learn about it. You can apply. We have rolling uh, admissions at certain times of the year, nice. uh, but we always want to talk to women who uh, identify as women who are struggling with this part of their business and really want to finally feel confident and have a way to get clients. Um, but the other thing I'm also super excited about is my podcast. I, you know, we were talking about this earlier. It's been, it's become, I was, I was so scared to start it. It right. took me 16 months between when I announced it and when I did it, just cause I was dragging my feet. Um, but it's become one of my favorite parts of what I do. Mm. And so the smart gets paid podcast, yep. if uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast or any podcast, um, check it out and yep. give it a listen. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here, Leah. I so appreciate it. I love it. I think this is a great way to show how the closets continue, but you can always keep coming out of them and, and make and change your story. So thanks so much for being who you are and what you do. And if you want to find Leah and all of her stuff, you just go to Smart Gets Paid and you'll find everything. And we'll have all that available on the show page, as well as you just heard me say it. So thanks again, Leah. I really appreciate you. Thanks so much for having me. Hey, 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 Life Uncloseted family. Another episode of Life Uncloseted has come to an end and it is time for all of us to sashay away and go face our fears, make those bold moves and stand up to living our life without apology. But before you do, I've got a favor to ask of you. Would you hop over to iTunes or Spotify or Podbean or wherever it is that you're listening to this and just give us a little bit of love if you like what we're doing here at Life Uncloseted. Here's what it does. It helps other people find the show. It helps other people get to know what we're all about. And you just might help change life. In fact, if you really want to change a life, we'd love it if you just ask a friend to take a listen and see what they think. So that's it. Love you all deeply. I'm Rick Clemens, the host of Life Uncloseted. And never stop stepping out, stepping up, and stepping into living your life uncloseted. <laughs>